Welcome to the Nicodemus Podcast. Here we discuss the deeper things of God that your everyday Christian wonders about, but may not have anyone who will discuss it with them. We will discuss what a relationship on a deeper personal level looks like, while also maintaining the practicality of being an everyday Christian with an everyday life. Welcome back to the Nicodemus Podcast. This is episode four. Um, today we're going to be talking about the monogene. Um, before we get started, Aaron's going to lead us in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I ask that you open it up and reveal it to us, Lord. Help us to see the things, the deeper things. Uh, Lord, we ask that you reveal your word to us just like you did to Nicodemus. Uh, open us up and let us understand what you have there. Lord, I asked, uh, as James told us, if we ask for wisdom, that you'll give it to us. And so, Lord, we ask for wisdom to, today as we uh, walk through this. Take us by the hand and lead us and guide us. And let it all be your words and not ours. And we ask this in your lovely name. Amen. Amen. So right on track with uh, the first three episodes, we're still talking about the conversation that Nicodemus and Jesus have in John 3. Um, in John 3.16 there, which is probably the most quoted and most memorized Bible verse, um, Jesus is still talking to Nicodemus as he's telling him about uh, being born again and born of the Spirit. Um, and so in, in John 3.16 where he, where he says... Um, God sent His only begotten Son. That word "only begotten" right there is is translated the monogene when you look at the Strong's Concordance. So that's where we're getting the word monogene from today. And um, Aaron, tell us tell us about the monogene. So if you um, if you look at that "only begotten," it is found in the Greek six times in uh, the New Testament. So uh, one of those six times we find where Abraham had Isaac, and he called Isaac his only begotten son. Now, if you know the history. Uh, Isaac was not his firstborn, nor was he his only child. Um, so the fact is, um, you find that he had Ishmael, who was his older son. And um, so so it's not that he was the only child that he had ever had. So that's an important point to, to mark out or point out, because the scripture literally says that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, so I would like to tell you, if you're born again, you're my brother. Uh, that also makes you a son or a daughter of God. But we want to dig a little deeper into that monogene and what that monogene means. Um, <clears throat> if you if you look at it, there's it's broken down. It's there's a um, it's a complex or it's made up of two two words, uh, and they literally is what it sounds like. It's mono meaning one and gene being um, being where it come from, the become or the the beginning or into existence, and it's literally telling us that that it is a singular thing that brought this into existence. One parent, one uh, father. So when you when you really look into it, you find out that the son, where Abraham had two sons, Isaac was the one who. Uh, you would say was after his father's heart. He was the one that was doing his father's work. He's the one that uh, wanted to be like his dad. And so he would be the son that they would say, man, he's just like his dad. So when you looked at Jesus being the only begotten, when you looked at him, he was just like his father, Father God. Um, so that that is what that monogene meant at that time. But there's a whole lot more in it when you study those words out. And, and to to not jump too far ahead, but uh, you'll find in that monogene that it is um, the thing that makes you 
like your father. Um, Adam was first created just like Father God. He was made in the image of Father God. Then when he sinned, he fell short of the glory, so he was no longer like Father. Now you have Jesus who comes on the scene, and he's just like the Father, and everybody's looking at him. He's the monogene. He's the only begotten Son. But he, what's really cool is we find as we study the Scripture that that because he brought that that gene here, um, he brought it to put to embed it in us to make us just like the Father. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. I've I've got a whole lot more, but uh, let y'all talk uh, a little bit too. I don't want to be just dictating the conversation. Um, <clears throat> well, I think it's important to go back and reiterate something that I don't know. I might be the only one that said this, but I know I said it a couple times through the episodes. Is that Jesus did not come just so you didn't go to hell. He literally came to bring make the monogene available to you and and literally make you a new creation with the singular DNA of God being inside of you. And so when you look at it, I don't know this this to us, I guess around here, most people just kind of brush it off. But I don't think a lot of people look at themselves as genuinely a new creation. Um, but if you study out the scripture, that's that's how it makes you, you know, the Bible calls it several times. You're not just mere men. Um, and so I, I think that that's an important thing to bring out is that Jesus's whole purpose was coming so that you could have a relationship with the Father. And not only a relationship, but just like Aaron brought out in Romans 8.29, it says, Romans 8.29, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he, Jesus, will be the firstborn among many believers. And so... Again, Jesus didn't just come so you didn't so you don't go to hell. He came so that you could literally be a son or daughter of God, just like Jesus was. That was his whole goal. Mm-hmm. So, so when you look at this, um, we could go all the way back to Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. It talks about, uh, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to to give you an expected end. And and Edmondson read. Uh, Romans eight twenty nine, and it's he his version says many believers, but uh, King James says brethren. That that word there could be translated brethren, meaning we're all we're all his uh, the father father's offspring. Uh, but but it says for whom he did foreknow. So we got to grasp the fact that while you were yet in your mother's womb, he knew you. Uh, he told Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Uh, so he, Father knows us, knew us from, from that time. We, we didn't even ha- know there was a God yet, but we were formed in our mother's womb. Before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. And, and when he knew us, he had a de- destination he wanted us to go, a predetermined destination he wanted us to get to. That, I'm not talking about somebody going to heaven or hell uh, as your predestination. I don't preach it that way. I don't believe that. But I do believe that he has determined that he wants all of us to grow up and be his dear children, be just like Jesus. Now, whether we accomplish what he predetermined we're supposed to accomplish or not, what, whether we meet our appointment or not is is not 
that's not uh, that's neither here nor there. He made that decision that he wanted us to get there, but we have the we have something to do with whether we obey him or not. But he predetermined that we would be conformed, which m- means modeled after the image of his son. Well, who was what was his son like? His son was just like him, right? So he predetermined that we would look just like Father because Jesus was just like Father. He he. He t- said, Philip, have I been so long with you that you don't know that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Mm-hmm. That's because he had the monogene. That monogene, literally, if you look into science, that word is actually a true scientific word. Monogene is a true scientific word. And it, 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 when you study that out, it's literally like cloning. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so Father saw us and said, I want them to be cloned after me. Be just like me. And so we, we're supposed to have uh, his characteristics look like him. When people look at us, they should see the Father. Mm-hmm. They should be, they should, uh, the Word says this, uh, I said it, we said it last, uh, last week that, um, I'm trying to remember how what the Scripture says now, all of a sudden I went blank. Uh, it says that you'll see, they'll see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. But it also says that, um, the goodness of God uh, draws men into repentance. And so they know the goodness of God by your good works. And the only way you can have good works is if you're, in, if you're imitating the Father, if you're just like the Father. So, <clears throat> so Romans 8.29, he predetermined that you would be conformed to look just like him, that, you, that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren, or I could say among many uh, monogenes. So all of us are supposed to look just like the Father. So you were talking about the um, the monogene being an actual scientific term. One cool thing is if you look at actual genetics by the by the word monogene and taking it, like I said earlier about being literal. You know, Second Corinthians five seventeen, you're a new creature in Christ. Taking that literally, if you look at actual genetics, it's not really this way. But if you want to look at it for, um, you know, math sense, I guess, if you're 50% your dad and 50% your mom, and then you branch out into grandparents and you're 25% of each, that's not actually how it works. You're not, it's never going to be as equal as that. But once you get to like fifth or sixth generation, you're like 1% related to them. Like, like in my family tree, we're related to the outlaw Jesse James by the ancestry thing, sent off the stuff and come back. But because he's so far back, like there's really barely anything. I mean, at that point, it's less than a percent tying uh, me where I'm at now back to Jesse James who lived, you know, I guess going on 200 years ago now, creeping up on it. So... Um, I just think that that's really cool because, you know, people love to pull out their ancestry. You know, I can trace mine all the way back here or there. But really, when you get that far, you're so minutely related to them. But the monogene's not like that. It's a singular DNA. It's not split with anything else once you're the new creature. So you're you're not 50% your mom and 50% your dad. You're 100% the monogene of God, the singular DNA of God. Which I th- I think that's pretty cool. It it is, and if you go back and so that might have might have lost somebody, but let's go all the way back to the way God designed man to be. Go all the way back to the first man, and it was Adam. Mm-hmm. He didn't have no parents. 
he was, and I know that was a double negative, but he didn't have any parents. He was the offspring of father. Right. And he was made in the image of God. No two ways about it. He was made in the image of God. But sin came in, and when he accepted sin, he changed. Father said, in the day that you eat of the fruit, you shall die. We look at him and says, well, his heart's still beating, he's still breathing. The old man died and he became a new creature, but it was in the reverse of how it happens with Jesus. He became something totally different. He looked the same, but now he's no longer like God. He has a mixture of sin. He has Now his DNA is split. He's right. got father's DNA and he's got the DNA of sin. And so his offspring, offsprings could not help but to sin because they were made in the image of their father their offspring of their father and their mother, which was Eve, which also had sin. And now all that you keep seeing is sin begotten more sin, begotten more sin. But you come along and Jesus comes and he's his father is father God. And he is uh, father uses a pure woman to embed his seed. And along comes Jesus and he comes out a mono gene Having, although he was born from 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 Mary, he had Father God's DNA, and he done he lived in the body that was capable of sin and did not sin because he had the choice. Where Adam had the choice and chose to sin, Jesus had the choice and chose not to sin. Now we come along and accept Jesus. We accept that monogene, and and that's why. Uh, uh, Corinthians tells us that all things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. We become a new creature. And what has happened is we've taken on his DNA now. Well, one thing in that same passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5.21 might be my favorite scripture that there is. And it's one of the only scriptures ever that I preached and I touched on it just barely when I was talking about it. I, I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but there was like a weightiness to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Second Corinthians five twenty one. He made Christ, who knew no sin, be sin on our behalf, so that in Him we will become the righteousness of God. Jesus, like Aaron just said, comes in. He's got the monogene. He lives in this. You know, we all. Some of us that are people that are listening might be thinking we're talking about sin and no sin and all this. Jesus hung on a cross still sinless with all of our sin. He was still the perfect Lamb of God on the cross, despised just so we could be here and have the monogene. Absolutely. I I mean, he took the ultimate punishment, still sinless, willingly, just for us to be here and be talking like we're talking and knowing the things that we know. And so people that are thinking, you know, some of this might be losing people, but that verse there, I think, does it for me personally, is, you know, we've all been born into a fallen world. First uh, John says, if, if we say we have no sin, then we deceive ourselves, um, things like things like that. Jesus came to take all that off of you and give you that singular DNA so that sin does not, you know, Romans 6, Romans 8 talks about sin no longer just controlling you and dominating you all the time and so i don't i don't know i just this verse is very powerful to me my words are probably failing me a little bit i I think that we can also look at uh john 17 and this one 
this this really drives it home. John seventeen is one of my favorite chapters in the in the whole Bible. Hearing God, uh, hearing Jesus pray and and uh, everything. But here here he says in verse twenty one through I mean twenty through twenty two he says, neither pray I for these alone, but them also which shall believe on me through their word. Thank you, Jesus. You prayed for me at that moment. Uh, verse 21, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Verse, uh, that, that they may, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. As a, it's so amazing because the only way we could be one is through having that monogene. Mm-hmm. The only way we can all be united in that oneness is to take that one gene, genetics, that monogene that God gave us. And so that, 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 those verses there to me tie it all together. Right. Um, so I, I got another verse I'll throw in here. Uh, John uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 10 through 12. He was in the world, and was uh, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, gave he the power to become the sons of God, even them that believed on his name. That word become is genoma, which is... The second half of the monogene, that gene is uh, comes from that genoma. So it, it is the power to make us into something, and it's to make us into the sons of God. All it took was was uh, receiving Him, and when we received Him, it gives us the power to become a, a son, uh, just like Jesus was a son. So we we can look in that and see. There's some power in this, and and so that that monogene, as I said, is the power to be just like him. Right. So going back to what Evanson had had briefly mentioned, Romans six talking about uh, Romans six two says, "How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein?" So when we give our give our lives to the Lord, when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we don't have to go and continue living in sin the things that held us down before or held us back before or caused us to sin don't we don't have to live in those because we have that monogene it gives us the power to be like god um, and then later on down in romans 6 um it basically verse 22 kind of basically says the same thing but it says but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end of everlasting life. So not being bound, having the monogene is not is being able to not be bound by sin anymore and having that everlasting life, having, you know, being able to mm-hmm. do the works of the Father without having to, you know, always worrying about, well, is this going to hold me back? Is this going to hold me back? No, it doesn't have to because we have that monogene. We have the, we have the authority basically and the capabilities to be holy just like God is. So um, one of the, cool things that i have also seen romans is all full of of monogene too by the way uh it might not use that word but it's all it it drives home the point and if you if you go into romans 8 um picking up with the 14th verse for for as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption 
whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that word adoption there um, is, that's a word that they chose for English because they didn't have a uh, English word for it. And it's weosthesia, which means the placing as a son. And so by the Holy Spirit that we talked about in the last episode, you are placed as a son, which means you actually receive that monogene to become what God wants us to be. So Jesus came, paved the way, sent us the Holy Spirit, who in in turn embeds the monogene inside of us, where we can be matured into his likeness, into his image. And so it's in that same chapter, Romans 8, we jump down to the 18th verse, it says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the, ma- waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And so what we see, Adam fell. If you read uh, the uh, Genesis and, and the fall of man, you find that, that when Adam fell, the earth was cursed. And so all of creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God for us to come back on the scene with the monogene in us. So, so God, God has passed this uh, to us and give us this, this scripture to show us that the Holy Spirit is there to help us walk into this monogene. So it is available to us. Uh, having the, having the uh, gene that makes us like God is available to us. Yeah, I want to go back to the dunamis power that I talked about with the, uh, I don't remember if it was the first or second episode of the Holy Ghost, but dunamis power, one of the one of the definitions of that, you said the Holy Ghost is there to help us with the monogene. So I believe that the monogene comes in on salvation, and that's what uh, Colton was just talking about with Romans 6, about when you're, when you're born again, you don't have to keep living in sin. Why? Because you've been taken out of the sin nature, and you have a new nature. Okay, so the monogene is there. That's how you're born again. But then the Holy Ghost, one of the definitions is power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature. So that dunamis power is in you just because of the monogene. The monogene, I'm, I'm trying to think of how to bridge this together that makes sense. Because that dunamis power comes in when the Holy Ghost comes in. But it's, but it's almost like the Holy Ghost activates the dunamis that's already inside of you because the monogene carries dunamis with it too because if it didn't you wouldn't be able to be made the new creature like you are from second corinthians five seventeen. absolutely so, so the, the holy spirit activates it go ahead yeah that's that's what i was trying to get to it's just I, I was trying to think of how to say the whole it comes with the holy ghost but then it's already there. But what it really is, is, is it, it does come with the Holy Ghost, but it comes with the Holy Ghost in the sense of you understand now. The Holy Spirit comes in to help you navigate who you are because you're a new creature, that you can go on without sinning, like Colton was saying, and that all this power that's in you just because you're in the DNA of God, that's all Holy Spirit navigated. You know, last couple of episodes we talked about leading and guiding us into all truth. The to- biggest truth of, of what the Holy Ghost does, in my opinion, y'all might disagree, is tell you who you are. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing he does. I, I, that's what I was what I was going to say. He So a couple of verses, but one of them we, we used in uh, the Holy Spirit um, thing. We talked about him um, 
convincing us of righteousness. Mm-hmm. That righteousness is God-likeness. Right. So he convinces you of your God-likeness. He also, I, I just read Romans eight fourteen and 15. We'll just go ahead and read 16 because it says your point here. It says the Spirit itself, that's the Holy Spirit, by the way, beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children, mm-hmm. then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus so if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also uh, glorify together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time, that's where that picks into that verse. So he, the Holy Spirit com, uh, bears witness to it. He testifies to it. We, we got born again and said, hey, I'm, I am a son of God. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, he is. I was there. He confirms it. He bears witness to the right. fact that you are the Son of God. And so he helps you to understand that. And he's going to convince you, as he's convincing others, that you're the Son. But you have to spend the time with him. And then as he's convincing you, you'll start seeing that activated in you. Uh, uh, Galatians 4 uh, tells us that the heir differeth nothing from a servant while he's yet a child, though he be Lord of all, but remains under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the Father. And so that tells us that um, we're there, a tutor is a teacher. I believe the Holy Spirit's one of our tutors yeah. that stays there to teach us. Even though we've got all this authority, we don't know it. He's teaching us mm-hmm. as as, we're, as he's maturing us. So as this episode is coming to an end, um, Evanson, what are your... What are your takeaways? What do you want to know about um, if you were having a conversation with somebody at Monogy, what would, if you had a limited amount of time of us, what, what would you like for them to be able to take away? Or to- so keeping in, this, in the fact that we wanted this to be practical, I think this episode might be more than any of the other ones. We've thrown out some pretty deep terminology and we're talking about a lot of deep stuff. When you get down to the just the bare necessities of, of what it is monogy, several instances through the scripture it talks about being like God. It talks about having godliness. Uh, Galatians 5, I think it's verse 1, says be imitators of God. Um, and First uh, Peter, it calls... It calls Jesus our example. None of that is available without the monogene. And and I guess my very final thought would be, when you are born again, you are literally a new creation. It's not Our God is not a God who makes a better version of an old thing. He makes new things. And so that would be what I would tell somebody is, forget all the terminology. When you were born again, you have God's DNA in you. You literally become the new creature that the scripture says that you do. Otherwise, all these things about being like God or like Jesus would be completely, he'd be, he'd be telling you to do something that you couldn't ever do. So that's, that'd be my final thoughts. I, I would, I would second that in saying that, um, DNA in your DNA, scientists will tell you that makes up who you are. And, and by this, we're telling you spiritually, your DNA has changed. You know, they might have done a DNA test in you on the natural before and after your salvation and might not have saw anything different. But spiritually, if they'd have checked your DNA, they would have found that you are totally different. You are you are now uh, recreated into the image of God. And that monogene contains creative power. It, cr- it contains the ability to do the things of God. It contains in, in it everything that it takes to make you just like Father. It is the seed that you have now embedded in you to become something. So um, I would tell you that uh, that that is in the 
that the monogene is still in the bosom of, of Father, and it is passed down to us at salvation that we become something different. Amen. Yeah, my, my final thoughts is just that now <clears throat> now that you know what the monogene is, we've talked about this, um, monogene gives us the right to be, just, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, backing up what y'all have been saying, but it gives us the right to be just like God. It gives us, we can say, we can do all these things that Jesus did because we have the same gene that he did that's passed down from yep. the Father. I believe it's in Romans, y'all, I could be wrong, but when it talks about we're not of this world, the monogene makes us not of this world. Um, it makes us have that DNA that he has. It gives us the power to be able to do all the things. But most importantly, to me, the monogene, of course, you know, monogene is reference to salvation, but we're, we're able to not sin again. We don't have to bear the weight of trying our best not to mess up because we, now we have that power. We talked about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps activate that power, helps us renew our mind. Um, like Romans 12 talks about, because we are the new creature, we have to renew our mind. We can't, we're putting off that old man. Um, but the monogene basically is just everything that salvation is wrapped up in and giving us the power, of course, to be like God. Um, thank you again for tuning in with us on monogene today. Our next episode, episode five, will be on, uh, it'll be monogene part two. We're going to talk about the stages of sunship. Um, We'd love to hear y'all's input, feedback, uh, questions, comments on our email address, which is just nicodemuspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send us topics um, that you would maybe want to discuss that you want to, um, not saying that we'd have a, a deeper revelation on everything, but um, if you have a certain topic that you want to talk about, please email us. Of course, we're going to pray over everything that we do to make sure that we're being led by the Holy Spirit. If you have prayer requests, please send them in. Um, we're not going to share your prayer requests on the podcast, but we will diligently pray over them um, and thanks again for listening with us we'll see y'all next week